You're listening to the Healing from CPTSD podcast. My name is Justin Vanderwind, and I am your host. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how one of the first mantras we should learn to practice while healing from CPTSD is, it's not me, it's them. If you haven't done so already, be sure to visit our website at healingfromcptsd.com and sign up on our email list for regular updates, a free weekly newsletter, as well as to be first in line for the launch of the Healing from CPTSD course. All links will be in the description below. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Healing from CPTSD. My name is Justin Vanderwind, and I am your host. Uh, so first of all, I just want to apologize that there wasn't an uh, episode up last week. I actually uh, came down with a little bit of a cold. It wasn't COVID, uh, luckily. Just an everyday regular cold. Uh, remember, remember when that? Remember when everybody used to just get, you know, there was just actual sickness, you know, just like a, a regular cold, you know, chicken soup and Gatorade and stuff like that. Um, so it wasn't too bad, but um, I was kind of, you know, I, I wanted to let let myself rest and, and things like that. I still have a couple of symptoms, um, so you you know you might you might hear that uh, in my voice in this episode, but um, mostly I'm doing okay. Um, but I definitely wanted to, you know, hop on and do another episode, um, you know, because I'm mostly feeling better. Um, so in today's episode, I wanted to talk about uh, how, you know, as survivors of narcissistic abuse, one of the biggest ways of taking your life back, of literally healing from CPTSD, and you'll see this when the course comes out, if you decide to take it, um, is that a, a big part... I would argue probably the biggest part of overcoming CPTSD is overcoming the deep and intense conditioning that has, um, you know, that that we've been conditioned with by the narcissist. I mean, it's it really is like brainwashing and programming. So we've we've got to, you know, and it's it's not enough just to, I mean, getting away from them is is the ideal, right? But even when you're able to do that, if you're able to do that. You know, you you're you got unfortunately, and I know this is this, I've struggled with anger with this uh, idea as well. That you know we're gonna have to do a lot of more work. That you know, and it's like, hey, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> you know, it's like now I have to do all this like extra work because somebody else screwed me up. You know, because somebody else did this to me. So now I've got to go back and put in all these extra hours and, and, you know, to just to get back to like normal so I can function. I mean, you know, so like many of you, I'm, I'm, I deal with, (laughs) I've struggled with anger quite a bit, but, um, yeah, so the, the conditioning and a big part of the conditioning that we have to deal with is the vicious inner critic. And, um, you know, cause it's, it's going to keep telling you over and over and over. I mean, to me, the vicious inner critic really is just the narcissist in your head, right? It's really the same being. I mean, it's it's the same. There's not much difference. Yeah, it's your, it's your thoughts, but it was put there by your narcissist. And so, you know, it's like you've got to take care of the, the vicious inner critic, but then you've got to take care of the, the conditioning that came from the narcissist as well as the the vicious inner critic. So, you know, to undo it, it takes some time. It takes some conditioning and reconditioning and you have to, you have to want it. You know, I I wish that 
dealing with CPTSD and, and stuff like this was, a, you know, you could just kind of take a pill and everything would be back to normal. You can get back to, you know, you can get your life back. I've, I've done it. Um, but it, you've got to want, you've got to want it enough to work on yourself. And also, as you'll see when, when you, um, you know, should you go through the course when it comes out, you can you can take all kinds of courses. You can go to all kinds of therapists and everything like that. But, and I I would actually argue that this really applies to any kind of emotional or psychological issues that that one is struggling with, right? Where you know you you've really got to do your work. You know, I mean, you you can go see a therapist once a week or whatever, once every two weeks. But you've got to if you really want to make progress, right, whatever in whatever area it is, emotionally or psychologically, you have to do the bulk of the work. And I don't know if there, the therapist I saw didn't tell me that, <laughs> you know, like there wasn't any really good training programs or anything that, you know, so, you know, unfortunately, we, you know, it's it's on you. It's it's on us. And this, you know, this podcast and, and me, just me myself, you know, having gone through narcissistic abuse myself uh, and struggled with struggling with CPTSD for many years of my life, you know, even the course, right, the healing from CPTSD course, this is all meant to be sort of support, right? <clears throat> it's not meant to, it can't, there's nothing that can really save you out there other than what, you know, you can, you know, find tools that can help you to sort of save yourself. And it's not so much saving yourself, but, it, you know, it's it's really about what's going on inside of you. And the only person who's going to be able to really undo all that and undo that conditioning is is you, right? Um, so uh, a big part of that, you know, a big part of that reconditioning is almost like, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of like mantras, right? <laughs> some of you might be into that type of thing. Some of you may not, but you know, or, or just like sort of like positive sayings that you kind of like repeat to yourself over and over and over. Um, you know, that doing that, I don't know what your, your feelings are on that. Or, or even if you're, you know, you're, you're trying to, uh, bring something into your life or, or visualize something or change your thinking or change certain habits, you know, a big part of, of all of that is always mental conditioning. So, you know, conditioning is, you know, kind of like how it sounds. It's practice, right? So you kind of like repeat and repeat, repeat, repeat. You know, you've had so much garbage sort of repeated at you and just destructive, um, horrible things said to you and, you know, for so long. You know, again, especially if it's like one of your parents that's the narcissist, that, you know, your subconscious put all that up, you know, and it just that's your programming. So you've got to reverse it, and then you've got to recondition your, your brain to get out of it. And dealing with the vicious inner critic is, um, I would argue, probably the first step to being able to do that, right? The, the first, I would say it's probably the first major area you want to focus on when trying to overcome CPTSD. And uh, it's, we it's weird... The vicious inner critic is weird because, you know, you may have had this experience um, if you're trying, if you've been trying to, you know, overcome the the uh, vicious inner critic or or to sort of acknowledge it, right, to to see it and then to stop it. If you've tried that, right, like, oh, okay, while I'm going through my day, maybe I can try to like 
recognize my vicious inner critic and then stop it when it's happening. I don't, I don't know if you've ever tried to do that, but it, it can be kind of strange. And it's, it's weird to, um, it, that in and of itself takes a little bit of, of like sort of mental discipline just to sort of like watch your thoughts. And that's, that's kind of what cognitive behavioral therapy is trying to do, you know, just becoming more aware of your thoughts and stuff like that. I can tell you, you know, I was so obsessed with trying to understand what was going on with me, even before I realized I had CPTSD, that I was I was doing everything. I was like, you know, obsessed. So my my ability to sort of get to the point where I could recognize my own thoughts and then and then counter them with like positive or more rational thinking became uh, quite formidable. Only, but you gotta understand, it's just like a muscle, right? It's just like you're using a muscle. I just wanted it to, you know, stop feeling so bad all the time on the inside. But it's amazing that I didn't even realize, you know, people talk about the vicious inner critic, and I didn't even realize that I had one. I mean, people talk about hearing voices. I, I personally, I think it's different for everyone, but I don't, I don't think I really hear voices, but, um, I guess it's just thoughts, you know what I mean? Like, just for me, anyway. I'm just describing my own experiences with this thing. But, you know, and I think I may have mentioned this before, but it's it really comes down to... The vicious inner critic comes down to your feelings more than anything. Because it'll put... It's, it's putting you down. It's making you feel bad. It's giving you anxiety. It's giving you panic attacks. And then when, you know, when, when you add in emotional flashbacks... With the vicious inner critic, it's it's almost like a it's like a vicious cycle that your 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 brain itself can't even really get out of you know or to learn how to get a handle on it so you can sort of slow that that emotional flashback down, stop the inner critic, and get out of that space emotionally. I remember being in in those certain spaces where I couldn't, I didn't know what the vicious inner critic was. I didn't realize because I grew up that way. I didn't realize, I didn't have any other like way to look at it, right? Because it was to me in my brain, it was just normal. So I had to learn how to recognize the inner critic, and um, and then just to, to to counter it with, you know, positive, rational, loving thoughts, right? But, you know, the other thing is that you've got you've got um, all these people, right? There's the narcissist, but then there's also all the flying monkeys. And if it's in your family, you know, you're, you've likely dealt with a bunch of people that don't like you or are against you, mostly because of smear campaigns from the narcissist. And you you know you're in some kind of position where it's just sort of like you're just kind of fundamentally on your own, um, and the narrative that the narcissist spreads that's why narcissistic abuse is so horrible and insidious. You know, um, is that you know it's it's almost like if you're in a cult, and it is you know I know we've heard that many times it is a cult. Don't don't. Don't be fooled. It very much is a, is a cult. It's the same deal. The cult leader is the narcissist, um, and you've got, you know that's they would they wouldn't come out and say it, but really what the narcissist wants is is basically for you to worship them, right? They're not. I mean, they're not going to come out and say that. They're not going to be like bow down to me, but that's pretty much what they're after, 
right? They, that, that's why they're narcissists. They, you know, they, they want everything to be about them. They want to be, you know, the one that's the center of attention and all that stuff. So the, you know, the other members of the cult are going to sort of repeat the narcissist mantras and their, 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 the, um, the narrative that, you know, if you're the black sheep, you're bad, you're wrong, even though you're not, right? Even though in your, in your mind, you're like, I, I didn't, I didn't do this stuff that they're accusing me of, or, you know what I mean? I know you know what, what I'm talking about here. Um, so my point is, is that you got all these people that are sort of constantly feeding your brain this narrative that's totally untrue and totally, it's just totally dysfunctional and totally toxic at the same time. And because they're your, these are people that are, if it's your family, they're supposed to be loving you. They're supposed to be like healthy, happy people in your life, a positive source. But if they're toxic, it's, it can, it can be really bad for for you because your brain is designed to it's like the that's supposed to be your tribe basically right your family is supposed to be your the people who have your back no matter what unfortunately some of us don't have that you know where you have people that have your back no matter what and they're and they're it's actually the complete opposite where they're against you no matter what so you know you you're dealing with that you develop the vicious inner critic and even though you you're strong right even though you know certain stories or lies you know certain things they've said just wasn't true or not the way that actually happened or was twisted in some way it's it can be hard for your mind to 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 grapple with right sometimes you might find yourself believing it like is it them or is it me right <laughs> right how many how many times have we asked ourselves that question it's like wait a minute like What's going on here? I mean, how 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 is it that th- this many people can be, you know, duped? <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, I I really wanted to talk about sort of the vicious inner critic, the conditioning, and how, you know, one of the first things that we should deal with, you know, when trying to overcome CPTSD is the vicious inner critic, and a for a great way to to do that as as far as i'm concerned like a, a great way to start to counter the inner critic is to adopt the mantra it's not me it's them it's not me it's them it is them that that's that you know and that's that's the honestly it's cra- what's crazy about that is that and that's true by the way you know if you've dealt with a narcissist narcissistic abuse it is not you it is them 100% you know, and I and I know that so many. That's why so many of us are on the internet looking up narcissistic, you know, personality disorder traits and all this different stuff, and trying to. We're still wondering, <laughs> you know, like it's still in there somewhere. Like, is it me or or is it them? Because even it's hard for you to believe that someone could be that crazy, even though you've seen it. I mean, it's it's just my, you know. So, you know, it, it's it's really helpful to just allow yourself just just the the basic sort of um compassion to just say you've been through hell you've been treated like absolute garbage over and over and over again it was absolutely not fair what happened to you on any level you've had to deal with things that most people can't even imagine and it's not your fault it is them you were abused 100% and 
when you allow yourself to just feel that and, and to trust your instincts, because that's the main, you know, as, as many of us have heard, one of the main thing, you know, it, this is, this applies to narcissists, but it applies to other abusers too, that are just, you know, they, they want you, they want their victims to not trust themselves so that they become more sort of emotionally and psychologically dependent on the abuser themselves, right? Narcissists are doing, you know, so they're they're constantly gnawing away. I mean, you know, dealing with a narcissist, it, it really is like having a virus on your computer. It's, it's just horrible. It's, you know, it's it's so unbelievably destructive. And like a virus, it's like, you know, people are like, well, what, what's the best thing to do with the, with the narcissist? Well, what's the best thing to do with a virus? Get rid of it. Clean it. Get it. You know, you got to clean it. Clean up your computer. You got to get it out of there. And in this case, it's your internal thinking, you know, your, your vicious inner critic getting away from, you know, the, the narcissist themselves. It's, it's horrible. But just, just, you know, when you find yourself worrying, like, is it me or is it them? Just... Just start to like let let yourself relax into the the knowingness that and, and even if you don't believe it a hundred percent, you can start saying to yourself, "It's it's not me. It's it's them. It's them. It is them. I'm here to tell you, it's them. A hundred percent. I don't care if you're you just found out about narcissistic abuse today, or it was a boyfriend or girlfriend of yours, or you're a mom or dad or whatever. It's them." And there's a lot of people in this world that'll constantly tell you things like, "Oh, well, you know, it's got to be you if you're if you're there, right? If like if you're pointing a finger out at somebody, you know, in blame, then there's there's three fingers pointed back at you, and that that's always been confusing too. I'm sure you've heard something like that. Well, look, I like to be as pragmatic and and real as I possibly can. I just like to call it as it is, right? Now, sometimes things happen that are your fault. And I'm not saying you shouldn't take responsibility for your life or whatever. But there are very, very many cases where something happens and it really is somebody else's fault. You know, blaming, placing blame on someone is perfectly okay. And, and you know, it's, the, it's what needs to be done. You know, I mean, when someone commits a crime, it's, you know, and what do they always do? They don't blame me. I mean, to me, it just sounds like, you know, somebody who got caught doing something they weren't supposed to be doing. And they're just being, you know, like a little child about it. Don't don't blame me. Well, you did this and you're you're getting blamed. Right. We're pointing the finger at you. Just, you know, try to if you haven't done so already, just try to, you know, just just take it easy on yourself. That that should be the main sort of core focus for you for for t- taking your life back and especially if you grew up with a narcissist, you know, settling into the fact that your life, everything, like if you grew up with a narcissist or narcissistic people, I mean, you're you're enti- you're that whole part of your life was just completely stolen from you. I mean, everything the way that you developed. The, the relationships you made it was it was all colored by the narcissists and by their their behavior by you you know how they treated you and how in turn the different people you attracted into your life i mean you know i got to a point where i was like my entire my entire life like you know it just it's like i was robbed from the start i mean it was like i didn't sting it a chance i mean every you know so many of the 
relationships I've had that didn't work out, I got to the point where I, I just wiped the slate clean. I'm still kind of in that phase, by the way, where I'm I'm just more focused on, you know, trying to heal myself and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I just want to completely cleanse my life of all the dysfunction, and that includes people that came into my life as a result of growing up in a dysfunctional environment. And then attracting other dysfunctional people that also grew up in dysfunctional environments, right? I mean, you, you know, I don't want the dysfunction anymore. I want healthy people. And it's got to start with a healthy mind, right? And, you know, taking that, you know, getting back to that place where, you know, or if you've never been there, you know, getting to the, a healthy-minded place is um, learning to command your thoughts, you know, learning to take hold of your mind and and that really starts with the vicious inner critic. I mean, everybody, whether they have CPTSD or not, always, you know, I don't know about everybody, but I know there's a lot of people that, you know, they say in psychology anyway, most people, you know, they're really down on themselves, they're really hard on themselves, sort of inwardly, you know, in their mind. Look, I believe that everyone, I honestly personally believe that, you know, we are, we as human beings are are on a healing journey that's that's deeper than we can imagine right now. Uh, that's what I personally believe. I I honestly got to the point where I I just believe everything is fundamentally about healing, and and love and stuff. Um, learning to love yourself and to heal yourself is is got to be the first step, right? And so, that's true for everybody, but it's it's. It doesn't to me. It doesn't apply to anyone great in a greater way than those of us who have been just torn to shreds psychologically and emotionally by narcissists and narcissistic abuse. God forbid if it's one of our parents or both of them or different family members. You know, if if someone needs some compassion and understanding and and just to feel like everything's just okay, it's us. It's people that you know deal with CPTSD. And are constantly worried about the narcissist or what they're thinking or what they're going to do, uh, or whether it really is them or if it's if it's you know if it's you or if it's them. Uh, so I would say you know a big part of taking your mind back is to to condition your brain to recondition your brain and your mindset to the point where you realize it's not your fault. It's, it really isn't, you know, I know that sounds cl- kind of cliche. We've heard that in different movies and stuff from different therapists and stuff like that. But really, it's, it's, um, it has absolutely nothing to do with you. What happened to you, you know, was horrible. And if you're still going through it, it's still horrible. It's, you know, it's, it's something that's never going to quite go away. I mean, it was just it's so unbelievably painful and devastating that it's never going to quite leave you. I mean, it's like if a, close friend of yours or loved one or family member dies prematurely or something. I mean, it, you know, yeah, you, you'll, you'll heal, you'll move on, but it's, it's one of those things that it's, you're not, it's never fully like fixed, you know? And that's what it's like dealing with CPTSD from narcissistic abuse, especially if it's your family. I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, it's just absolute devastation. So Learn to take it easy on yourself and start in your own thoughts, right? And the first way you can start doing that is just to remind yourself, it's, it's not me, it's them. You know, anytime you're, you're you know, you, it starts, they start acting up or, 
you know, you start thinking about something they said or did, you know, just try to remember, like, it's, it's not me, it's them, it is them. I, you know, I'm here to be just another person in your corner to validate your experiences and to, you know, support you in being seen and heard for what you've been through. And, um, I can promise you, if you've dealt with narcissistic abuse, it's not you, it's, it's them. It's a hundred percent them. So, um, you know, and I, something else that's more, is pretty insidious too, when you start to think about it is that, you know, speaking for myself, there was, um... The, the the subconscious messages that are given to you by a narcissist, especially if it's your mother or something, they're so insidiously hateful and dark that, you know, you, you don't even realize that you're being trained to hate yourself by them, right? And you're, you're being trained to believe at the deepest levels that you really are unworthy of, of being cared for, Right? I mean, they tr- they treat you like you're some like horrible, you know, piece of garbage. I mean, to me, it's on an emotional level, it was like the experience of just being like locked in a basement somewhere, just given like some bread and water, you know, on a regular basis, just to keep me alive. And me, you know, it's like, and then everybody's upstairs laughing and having a good time and believing that I'm in the basement because you know, for some story that the narcissist made up or something. That's what it, that's, that's a lot, that's what it was like, you know, for me. And, uh, you know, nobody, it's like, I, I just experienced so much, uh, of people not actually caring about me or just not liking me that I just really believed that I, I wasn't worthy of, of love or, or caring. Right. And where does that, that, where does that start? It starts with you. It starts with, you know, you not caring about yourself. You know, people talk about letting the narcissist win or not letting the narcissist win. And I would argue that the way you, the way you beat them is by not allowing the, their behavior and everything that they did to you to get you to a point where you're not caring about yourself. And that's another thing. Radical self-acceptance and, and radical self-care is also really the core of healing from CPTSD. You've got to care. You've got to care for yourself, and you've got to care for yourself hard. And I don't mean just like getting the right stuff to eat. I mean really like consciously making sure. You know, it's like an exercise, and that's that's how emotionally emaciated we have been. You know, and how we were conditioned. You know, we just we, that's how that's the degree to which many of us stopped caring about ourselves or continue not to, right? Even as even allowing other people into your life that don't treat you with respect, even if they're not a narcissist, I kind of went on the opposite direction on that. I don't, I don't play. <laughs> you know, like I've had enough disrespect for many lifetimes. So you know, it's just about it's it's about caring about yourself and not letting the narcissist gets you to that point in your mind where you feel not just worthless, but I mean, just think about this, right? Just th- what we're talking about here. Th- we haven't even really scraped the surface of narcissistic abuse here in this episode, but this is horrible. Like anybody listening to this, that's just your average person who doesn't have any idea what narcissistic abuse is. 
this is this is some horrible horrible stuff. I mean, you know, this is beyond belief. No, nobody should have to go through anything like this. You know, if some people did some bad stuff and had to go to jail, I I wouldn't even want narcissistic abuse to to be like a a form of punishment on somebody psychologically or or emotionally or you know. I mean, you know, they they talk about what what do they say? It's uh, I think it's in the is it in the Bill of Rights. I think. I'm not one of those, I'm not like a scholar of the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or anything, so don't quote me here. But there's something about, uh, somewhere about, uh, you know, not, not, not people having the right against, to be protected from cruel and unusual punishment, right? And, you know, like if you commit some crime, you go through due process and, and you know, maybe you, you got to spend some time in jail, right? Or maybe you get a life sentence. But... You know, at least in America and and many other countries, I mean, you you can't just like you know, there's rights even if you're a prisoner. You can't be going through torture every day or whatever, even though it's pretty torturous enough as it is in prison. But you know, I I think narcissistic abuse is a form of extreme cruel and unusual punishment. And I just you know, it's like God. Do you ever think to yourself like, God, what did I do to? <laughs> you know, like, what did I do to deserve this? My God, like, holy crap. I mean, we, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, and to, to believe that you must have to have some belief in a past life or something because, I mean, that's that's the only thing that that has kept me kind of sane many times. Is like, man, I, I must have just been like, I don't know, maybe I was a really bad person in a past life or something, because this is horrible. I mean, I didn't do anything in this life to deserve this, but, uh, you know, man. If if you find yourself wondering if it's you or them, just just repeat it to yourself. It's not me, it's them. It's not me, it's them. It's okay. You can do it. And, And get to the, maybe even write note cards. You know what, note cards are one of my favorite things. Because you can, because you can, um, they're quick, right? And you could use it for anything. Uh, but I like to use them personally for, um, you know, like positive affirmations or just, just, you know, putting, starting the day with like some more uplifting thoughts in my head, right? Because if I, if I let my mind wander, <laughs> you know, there's so much negativity that, that I can sink into that, you know, historically anyway, that I, that I had to get used to, you know, consciously changing. And I, it's, I'm not perfect, believe me, uh, with this, it's, it's an everyday, it's, it's a, it's a, it's work, you know, but that's why I like the note cards so much. Cause you can, I can start the day, you know, maybe think about what I'm grateful for, even if it's just one thing or two things, or, you know, maybe create some goals and, you know, to have something to look forward to or just something to think about that brings me joy and, and excitement. Um, and then what's cool is, you know, you can kind of take your note cards with you through the day, right? And if you get like an extra minute or two downtime, even at work or school, you can just just go through them like, or, or even just write yourself like little reminders that, you know, again, like this mantra here, it's not me, it's them. You could write that down on a note card and just Take it with you wherever you go, and when if if you're ever, I especially liked it when I was having if I had like a, an emotional flashback. My note cards were my go-to for, um, like my support system. Right, I mentioned this before, but I had to create a, 
a, a system for support to, you know, to, because I didn't have people that, I didn't have a support system as far as people were concerned. And I couldn't trust anybody. <laughs> I couldn't, you know, I really couldn't trust anybody to give me what I needed or to actually, you know, so I had to create a way for me to get support on my own. And the note cards are always my favorite. So, and then, of course, you can, you know, review them at night and stuff before you go to bed and all that type of stuff, especially if you, like, read certain things out loud and, you know, a, cu a couple times. It might seem kind of silly, but that is actually how you'll ultimately overcome your negative self-talk and the, and the vicious inner critic. And you, you'll, you'll, you'll realize that... You know, if you start doing stuff like this, that your brain, your brain is amazing. It's like a, I, I don't even know what to say. It's like some kind of super computer. And when you realize like the power it has and, and what it can actually do, um, you know, taking care of it and get, getting the right nutrition and the, enough sleep and, you know, not doing a bunch of drugs and, you know, um, you know, just trying to keep your brain like you know functioning at top-notch levels and 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 that includes you know surrounding yourself with good people and good company to to keep those thoughts you know kind of in a higher place you can do anything and you know this is this but and so for those of us who've been through extreme trauma we've got to we, we've we've kind of it's kind of like we have to and and people have said similar things before where it's like you Many of us almost have to become like superheroes, sort of, <laughs> or maybe just regular heroes. I don't know, but we like to get our lives back from the devastation of narcissistic abuse. It almost requires us to tap into our potential in a in a bit of a deeper way than your average person has to, just so that we can get back to, you know, a place of being able to function sort of like you know quote normally um but once you experience that you're like wow like okay now i can i, I kind of i get it i kind of you know once because once you you know your life has been like hell because you've been around a narcissist but once you get them out of your life and once you get you know all that stuff in your mind that they programmed you out of out of your mind and you find better healthier people who aren't going to be constantly causing problems and putting you down and, you know, just constantly creating negativity and toxic, you know, situations, you'll feel so much better and you'll, and you're, you'll be able to do whatever you want with your life because you won't have to be spending so much time, you know, dealing with this person, you know, and all their nonsense. So that's, that's pretty much what I wanted to say to you today is, uh, you know, in your journey towards taking your life back, dealing with the vicious inner critic is probably the best place to start. And adopting the mantra, it's not me, it's them, is a, is a helpful one. You certainly don't, you don't have to do this. You don't have to, you know, make note cards or whatever. I'm, you know, but it's helpful. It's helpful to reprogram your, your mind. And, um, and then once you start being able to do that, you'll notice, you'll know how to talk to yourself with loving, rational thoughts, uh, because you'll feel better 
right? Like, you know, those thoughts, you know, you, some of you might be able to um, relate to this, but I was always one of those people that I was like, forget about anxiety. I mean, I was, I had the kind of mind, like I was just always worried. I was just always worried that something was going to go wrong, no matter what it is. And, um, you know, learn, living like that is not fun. And the reason, you know, I was living like that and many others as well is because of the narcissistic abuse, because the the shoe's always going to drop. There's never, re- you're never really okay, right? You're always on edge because you don't know when the next, you know, not, you know, chaos is going to happen and you don't know what can prevent it. So you're in a sort of like um, state of psychological torture from the narcissist and your own brain is sort of reinforcing it. Um, And I realized, oh my God, that's horrible. I can't believe I've been living like this all through my childhood, all through my early adult years, you know, just kind of constantly feeling this sense of like worry and that things aren't going to be okay. And that that was given to me. I never felt okay. Like I never felt like everything was okay. And, you know, when I started to learn how to, and so a lot of that, you got to understand a lot of that, the vicious inner critic is always like having you worried, you know, it might have you worried about stuff that's just completely irrational, right? And that's where, you know, it's like, well, this could go wrong. And it's like, yeah, but that's so crazy, (laughs) you know, like the, the odds of something like that happening are just, you know so low but I my point is for me anyway my mind I had the kind of mind that would just kind of keep racing man you know I I just never felt like everything was going to be I always felt like everything was going to be go wrong and once I learned how to like soothe myself like on the inside to say like okay well you you're worried about this particular thing but it's does this doesn't make sense because of this this and this you know, and it's, so it's kind of irrational thinking, right? It's an irrational fear you're having right now. I began to, and, and you're, you're okay. Like I just started telling myself I was okay. You know, just kind of, I know it sounds weird to give yourself like self comfort, but that's what it takes, man. That's what it, it's, you know, there's nothing that I like more. Once I learned how to do that, to recognize my vicious inner critic and then to just to soothe myself, just to be like, okay, like I'm feeling like this because of my vicious inner critic. This is all just totally irrational thinking and, and just, just I'm, you know, wigging myself out here, <laughs> you know, worried about, about all these different possibilities and, and it's just completely unnecessary, right? Now, unfortunately, again, my situation came from the narcissistic abuse and, never feeling like I was okay or like, because that's, that's what it is like dealing with a narcissist. It's so crazy that that's, that's what you're, you are dealing with that. So it's like, it's, it's kind of weird because it's like they're irrational thoughts, but they've been given to you by experiences that actually happened. So for everyday normal people, they don't, they're not going to be worried about stuff to the extent that we are because they don't have to deal with just constant chaos and, you know, constant crises from a narcissist. So just learn to breathe and learn to, you know, soothe yourself. Learn to recognize your inner critic and to just soothe yourself, you know. That's really the core of it. 
really of, of emotional healing is just learning to love and care for yourself and soothe yourself, especially in situations where, you know, maybe you're having an emotional flashback or, you know, just something really stressful is happening. Just learning to, it's it's really a combination of, you know, your breathing and your thoughts. If you If you can kind of get a handle on you know, controlling your breathing and, and controlling your thoughts from sort of like irrational fears and stuff like that to more rational, grounded, you know, logical type thinking. That can help a great deal to overcome panic attacks and emotional flashbacks and stuff like that. Um, and again, the no cards are great for being there for you in case you forget, right? Like if if you, if you forget whatever your mantras are or whatever your, you know, positive thoughts are or rational thoughts then the note cards will be there for you i even put stuff in my phone like in my little note notepad area on my my iphone i'll just like list some reminders of you know like in case i'm having a bad time or something like that so um it's not you it's them a hundred percent uh and i i think you should uh you know, I don't know how you know where you are in your life, but there's a good chance that you you spent the bulk of your life dealing with this crap in some way, shape, or form. And I really think that the rest of your life, no matter how old you are, should should be about you and your healing, and that you should be you and your well being should be the top priority for the rest of your life. I mean, obviously, if you have kids and stuff, you've got to you know, take care of them and take care of those responsibilities. But I think you owe it to yourself to make yourself a priority to do things for yourself that bring you joy, right? And to, and to, to say, hey, you know, <clears throat> let me give you an example. Like if, if you're nervous to go somewhere to some social outing, instead of trying to make yourself feel guilty or trying to force yourself to do that, just just do the opposite of what everyone else says you should do and just allow that to be okay right? It's like, you know what? I'm not comfortable with this. You know, most of us have trouble with social situations with CPTSD because of extreme trauma that we actually went through with people for real, right? So, you know, if you don't exactly feel like going to a social situation, just just say, it's okay. It's fine. Allow you, even if everyone else disagrees with you, agree with yourself. Give yourself what you need because it's your life at the end of the day, right? So, Anyway, I hope that all was coherent. <laughs> um, the the main point of all this is is just to uh, take it easy on yourself, right? In your your healing pr- process and your healing journey, and and just allow yourself to place blame where it it's due, where it really does belong, and to realize that you you know you if you've been through narcissistic abuse, it wasn't your fault, and you've been through hell. So anyway, I hope you guys are doing good and I will, um, I'll see you in the next episode. Take care.